friend of Elias Chavez. Welcome to our Christian Fusion Experience. Uh, with me today is No Wilder. That's me. There you go. I was gonna, you can't nod your head. It's it's audio format. <laughs> nope. They can hear the nods. They, they're like, oh yes, what a what a respectful you young man. There's like slight gust of wind on the mic. That's mm-hmm. me nodding. Oh. <laughs> I really hate to say it, but the levelator really <laughs> takes care of those slight gusts of wind. Anyway, um, but no. Um, so Noah, what is it that we do every week? Pop quiz. Oh, uh, well, I talk to you and you talk to me mm-hmm. and we bring up things that make us laugh and, and we record it. Uh, aside from that, we bring up any, <laughs> uh, secular media, mostly movies, um, but we do books and shows and music too, whenever it fancies us, uh, that <laughs> has a Christian theme in it. Well, according to us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we reach sometimes. No, we don't. We reach all the time. Um, point there. is, we find some kind of metaphor or theme in it that we, we present to you guys so that you can go take it and uh, present it to your friends who might be into said movie or show or whatever we're or talking book about. book if it fancies us. <laughs> <laughs> or, yes, book if it fancies us. Um uh, so that we can be a tool to for you guys to help bring God into conversations where it might have been more difficult before. Mm. Um, but first, Elias, do you want to hear the icebreaker for the I week? would like to hear the icebreaker. You want to hear the icebreaker for the week? I, I would like that. Say it louder. I, no wilder. <laughs> You're saying it the same Please volume. <laughs> join me in this wonderful... i got to remember co- what it is now. No, no. <laughs> it's left in my brain. <laughs> I, can I hear the... The icebreaker for the week, Noah? Please, Noah. I would like the content. Okay. What <laughs> What movie do you love mm-hmm. but hate to watch with people? Uh, Moonrise Kingdom <laughs> by... Uh, what did I say? By? <laughs> um, directed, directed by... Wes uh, Anderson. Yes, Wes Anderson. Um, I almost said Adam West, and we're going to ignore that. <laughs> but yeah, Wes Anderson. Did Adam West ever direct anything? I, I need to know now. I, I could see it. I could see it, but no, uh, Wes Anderson, Moonrise Kingdom. I love that film, but in spite of how much I love that film, I feel like typically when I'm showing it to somebody, I like the first little bit of it, I kind of have to like try and make a pitch for it. You have to like force them to continue watching it. Yes. And I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. Look at the visual humor. It's so funny. (laughs) Ah, I sure do love this. But if somebody else doesn't have that exact same like niche of humor, I just feel like it. It you know, like I said, I, just, I feel like that's true for all uh, Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> yes, but it's especially true for this one, just because it was my first Wes Anderson film, and so like it holds like a special place in my heart. Not Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, I actually. Really? I don't have I. I, don't I did, think... Okay, Adam West directed one thing, something called Pet Star. <laughs> Pet star. Tennis Grand Slam. <laughs> and this is the same Adam West, we're sure. Yes. Okay. I'm on his IMDb, confirmed it's him. Batman <laughs> was right there. Okay. Pet star. I don't know what any of this is. Does your talented pooch have stars in his eyes? <laughs> so it's a movie about a, a dog. No, it's who a plays show. Tennis. A show? From 2002. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> this is not entertaining. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, so Wes Anderson. So you're just sitting there like, I really hope you like this. Yep. You're like anxious for the first 20 minutes. And yeah, then no, don't. that's what it is. It's and anxiety. And the person you're watching it with probably doesn't like it. 
I guess. <laughs> ooh, ooh, another instance of that exact thing, uh, Amelie, which is like one of my favorite like French films. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got an uh, interesting opening where it, like it goes through all of the characters and it's like, oh, here's this person. They love the sound of crinkly wrapping paper and they hate when there's too many weeds in their garden. And it goes through every single character. It goes through like their favorite thing and their least favorite thing. And then it's like, and here's Amelie, and she likes to do something really weird that's not appropriate for the <laughs> for, for our Christian con, uh, conversational podcast. But his, what is her least favorite thing? I don't even remember because because it's just the first like fifteen minutes of the maybe ten minutes of the film. It's like you know, it's just like okay, so like when does the movie start? start? <laughs> And then that happens, and everyone. Uh, anyway, just say it opens with a short film. <laughs> it opens. It's a good movie. It just it kind of opens with a little short film about the about movie. the characters <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, but anyway, so that 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 would be, I guess, my two picks. Um, okay, love those movies. I I don't know. So both of your them. both of yours are. You hate watching it with people because you're anxious the first half of it that, that you're forcing them to watch something they don't want to watch. Yes. Do the people like it, though, when you, like, do they sit through it or do you just turn it off? <laughs> we've. I don't know if we've ever turned off a movie. <laughs> um, okay, did they like it, though? Yeah, Amelie was not a hit. <laughs> Maddie Jackson, I think, still holds that over my head. I'm, I'm sorry, Maddie. <laughs> Love you. Hope you're yeah, doing well. A, see, the movies like that, because, you know, I just usually would watch them with Sarah Beth. Yeah. Where I'm an, I'd am i be anxious the whole time. I'd be like, hey, you've got, you just got to wait through this part. Like, it's okay. Yep. And, like, and, just, oh to, just take it in. Let, the rest of the movie, like, really makes this worth it or whatever. Mm-hmm. She would just turn off the movie. Like, I don't show them. <laughs> I don't show those movies to Sarah Beth. So. Wow. Yeah, have you seen the movie Enemy? I don't with think Jake I've heard Hall in of it? the movie Enemy. Enemy. Yeah. And I don't think I no, I don't think I'm familiar with that at all. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Sarah Beth couldn't make it. No. <laughs> That's the important yeah. part. First scene, these guys walk into what looks like a strip club and mm-hmm. it's just a woman stepping on a spider and it's like a 5-minute scene. <laughs> And then the movie starts. Yeah. I don't think she could sit through the five minute scene. It'd just be too weird for her. She's done. I love your wife. <laughs> she is a real peach. Um, but there are things like that about her that I just find so funny. <laughs> She'd Wait. be like, well, that was a dumb movie. I'm like, it's only been the first two minutes. I'm not watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. She would probably wouldn't do that. She'd probably sit through the rest. But she, that experience of the first couple minutes, her not liking, would ruin the rest of the movie for yeah. her. So there's there's just kind of no point. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like that with uh, Community when she was just like, ah, oh, Community, what a stupid show. And I was like, what? <laughs> what a hot take. And she was like, yeah, I watched the one episode. with what... And you were like, that's a good. That's a really good it's episode. It's a really good episode. It was a terrible jumping off point. <laughs> but, oh I don't my know. gosh. My wife, I love her. But mm-hmm. we just don't have the same propensity for movies, I guess. No, at all. <laughs> or shows, that is. At all. Um, moving on. I Mine, mm-hmm. I have two answers. Oh, good. good, uh, good. One is The Lord of the Rings. Really? It's a really, they're really good movies. I like the movies. I've only able, been able to watch them once. 
Because every other time I'm trying to watch them, I'm watching with them with them with people who know way too much about the Lord of the Rings and think it's fun to tell me fun facts the whole time, and, and I like, can't watch up. the movie. <laughs> Shut up! Your fun yeah. facts are great for when I pause because someone goes to the bathroom. Then you can speak. Yeah. Quit talking over the whole movie. Did you know that they handmade all the chainmail? Yes, you've said that four times. <laughs> Did you know that Gondor is actually... No, I didn't know that. And you know why I didn't know that? Because it isn't... I don't care! Because <laughs> it's not important to the story at all. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> or else they would have included it in the movie. <laughs> well, we're not watching the, 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 the four hour... <laughs> I've never seen those. I would like to see those. You want to sit down and watch those sometime? Dude, when? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude, you when, know, I'm when would we ever have time? I'm literally taking off this weekend. Or this weekend. This, this, like whole, next, next this week. whole next week. I'm not free Saturday. <laughs> or Thursday. Or Thursday night. You want to I mean, so Saturday to Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. But, like, it's a completely different reason than yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, like, everyone I'm watching it with, I know it's going to enjoy it. And they're watching it probably because they've already seen it and mm -hmm. will enjoy it. But no one's shutting up. Yeah. Please, if you like the movie, then watch it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to impress me. Like, yes, I know you read The Silmarillion. I don't uh, have that patience. I, so I don't have the patience to, I, I would to like, listen to you recount The I, Silmarillion. I think I could fall in that happy middle ground for you. <laughs> like, I, I have read The Silmarillion. And you know what? I don't feel the need to be like, but actually, when you see the Belrog, it's very important to notice that there's more than one of those. They're actually the fallen worshippers. No. Most of them don't have wings. <laughs> right, right. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Gandalf made bridge go boom. That's all we care about. All we care about is that he's gonna die. Right. <laughs> Gandalf make bridge go boom. <laughs> Anyways, so that's your first pick, Lord of the Rings. And then the other one is like, uh, my I'll say Memento. <gasps> really? I love Memento. I love that Christopher Nolan's first film. No. What? His first one's following. Jeez. Anyway. Really? Yeah. His first one was made on like a budget of $5,000 and him and his friends made it. Oh. It's really good. It's really good. It's on. It was on Netflix for a while. Following. Um, huh. Well, there you go. First... But anyway, yeah, uh, that hmm. I'll say Memento, but it I, like this is also true for watching The Prestige. Okay, because I'll watch it and I'm like, this is so good, you gotta watch it. This is with so gripping. People. Yeah, and then you're watching with somebody like, what day have it? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? That annoys me in movies in oh general. Just like, hey, you're asking that question, and that's a good thing. That means you're paying attention, but you're asking that question because the movie wants you to, and now it's going to answer it. Yep. So watch the movie. Why are you talking? Why Why do you want me to recount the movie to you? As it's happening in real time. <laughs> at the end of the movie, if you have a question, then ask it. Mm -hmm. If, like, at the end of the movie, you still don't get something, hey, ask me about it. Hey, then. you wouldn't know the single, like, worst <laughs> offender of, of that exact issue I've ever met in my whole life. My wife? Your wife's here. <laughs> I know. She will literally be watching, no, like, I've... Marvel movies and be like, why is Spider-Man there? And you're like... <laughs> Because he's there. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Wasn't he over there in the other scene? You're like, he flipped it. Iron Man invited him. It's Civil War. It's not hard to follow. 
<laughs> oh no, my she's gosh. not that bad. But, she's not that bad. I know, I know. Uh, oh but gosh. yeah, she's really bad about that. She is really bad about that. Uh, and I, I've had this exact conversation with her. Right? I'm yeah. like, I've explained like, hey, movies want you to ask questions mm-hmm. so it can answer them. Yeah. If... At the I end, would love like I, and to now watch. she's a lot better about it. Okay. At the end of the movie, she asked me the question. Gotcha. Unless I, she is like really lost in it, she she'll be at the very least. She's learned to pause. Yeah. Instead of just like speaking over. Because it. the thing is, like when you ask questions over the movie, you miss another thing, and yeah. it makes you ask another question. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have witnessed this. Um, but no, I and so. At least now she knows to pause or wait till the end of the movie. If she's, like, super lost in the middle of the movie, yeah, sure, pause it. And she'll get it and be able to enjoy the movie. Yeah. She's a lot better about it now than when I first met her. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's why she likes Disney movies. She doesn't have those questions in Disney movies. She doesn't. Well, also, she's seen them all so right. well, many I times. Well, I mean, even with the new ones, she's like... <laughs> Okay. I feel, but no, just I accepts feel, things. I feel like Disney the first movies. time, but like also, I feel like she has at this point like assimilated so much Disney knowledge that like the first time she watched Turning Red, she was like, "Shh, shh, shh this is my favorite scene." Like, <laughs> no, she was not like that. <laughs> um, aside, okay, but moving on. No, that was not my complaint. Mm. My complaint was like, for example, Memento and Prestige. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention. Yeah. You can't, like, casually watch it while scrolling through your phone or whatever. Yeah. You have to be, like, mm. Same watching thing with, like, the movie. Zodiac and... I mean, Zodiac's not that complicated. Zodiac's not that complicated. Girl with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, like, you anyway. want... At least with those movies, you want the person to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Because if you pay attention, you get more out of it. Yeah. But you won't be confused. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That is a different thing. You're right. Right. Like, Memento's whole thing is that it's playing backwards. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. And it's very confusing if you don't pay attention. Yep. That's my thing, is whenever I show it to people, I'm like, hey, I really like this movie, but you have to pay attention. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. And then pull out their phone. <laughs> immediately yep and then when at the end of the movie they're like i didn't like it it didn't make sense to me because you weren't watching it what is your problem (laughs) it makes me so mad yeah there are certain movies like that now where it's like the only time anyone is ever going to enjoy it is in theaters because it's the only time you can watch a movie without being on your phone well see the thing is i when i watch a movie Mm -hmm. like within the first 20 minutes i can tell like how much i need to pay attention (laughs) essentially so if it's like one of those movies, or even if it's just like a really good movie mm-hmm. where I'm really like drawn in, in yeah. to the story, like I don't want to pull out my phone. Yes. <laughs> I don't get people who could just sit there on their phones during movies. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> um, so two di- two very different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> for- That's fair. I want people to be quiet, mm-hmm. and I want people to pay attention. <laughs> if you have a question about the movie, you can pause. Yeah. If it's really that... Pressing. Like, it's really making you not understand what's happening. Yeah. But otherwise, what are you... Why did you sit down to watch this movie with me? <laughs> you agreed to... Co- I I invited you <laughs> into my home. <laughs> I baked up so, candies for you. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is just, like, traditional theater experience. No, I like watching... No, like... 
when people shut up and pay attention, mm. I really enjoy watching movies with people. Yeah. But it just doesn't happen very often. It does not happen. <laughs> no. You can even have your phone out. Depends on the movie. Sure. Be. Like, Hitman's Bodyguard, you don't need to pay attention that much. No. <laughs> like, any, like, B action movie of the past decade, you can have your phone out. I don't care. You'll look up for the important parts because it gets louder. <laughs> like, I don't care. But, like, movies yeah. I really like, enjoy, I get, like, kind of anal about. <laughs> Ornery about. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> Country word. Country word. Ornery. Ornery. <laughs> it's not, it's a sound. Ornery. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, there you go. Did you have any other, did this make you think of anything else? Uh, so I had a pretty good week. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, 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 no, this doesn't, I, I'm trying to think, because like Memento, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that is definitely a movie that like is difficult for me to show people specifically because everyone's like, oh, I'm hanging out with my friend, I'm going to pull up my phone now. Like, <clears throat> no. <laughs> We're not, you're not hanging out with me. You're hanging out with this movie. Yes. <laughs> yes, give it to her. I'm here to watch you watch the movie because I've already seen it. <laughs> I need to remember your face when you see. When you find out. When you find out the secrets that David Lynch has painted. <laughs> oh, God. No. Great, great times, great times. Um, yeah, there you go. Okay, so how was your week? No, Since I, you, you want to talk about no, it? No, dude, I'm, I'm so good. Um, I had a good week. I'm so hey, busy. Hey, you, I've been like working doubles and all this, and it just it's 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 yeah, work. I haven't done much either. Yeah. But I mean, while at work, I'm sitting in my car half the time. So I started playing Pokemon, right? <laughs> yes, you know this. yes, yes. Uh, Omega, or no, 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 you're playing Alpha Sapphire. Alpha Sapphire. Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, I'm only like. 40 minutes not even like more like 30 minutes into it yeah haven't really started anything mm-hmm. i'm really not into it so far does it get better <sighs> i don't like just walking around fight this thing okay walk around fight this thing okay like <laughs> it i will say it does get better but if you don't like that um so you know you can only fight stuff in like tall grass Right. Once you like, well, I also have to walk in front of people, and I'm just like, please leave me alone. <laughs> that okay? Yeah, that doesn't start. My my favorite part of Pokemon games is trying to find creative ways to avoid people's line of sight. <laughs> I, well, I avoided their line of sight, and then they're like, they turn around real fast. Right. Like, what? <laughs> I just fought you ten minutes ago. I must fight you again to prove my honor. Yes. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> I have one Pokemon. <laughs> right. Please leave me alone. <laughs> right. I spent all of my money training my Pokemon for ten minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I was yeah, yeah. Does like is there like a real story? I, I gather that That's... my father is a famous Pokemon trainer. Mm-hmm. Do I get to meet him? You and do, fight him? You do is he the him. final boss? He is not the final boss. He's the fourth or something. I I'm forget. Just like, Dad, you never paid attention to me. And then you get to. Scratch. Yeah. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Tackle. <laughs> Growl. <laughs> no. Um, Your speed is so much slower now. Ha ha ha. I'm so much faster. Now I can leave you. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> um, yes, there Go is. Go home and pay attention to mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, son. There is public indictment. <laughs> no, um, no, there is a real story to the game. Um, it does get better. Um, yeah, there you go. That's what I'll say. I'll say it does get better. I won't say that it, it like becomes incredibly better uh, because like you you have kind of hit like already the core like gameplay loop. That's that's what you're doing in the game, you know. Right. Um, but like I said, there is there is the the thing about it is you're going to find a lot more ways to encounter Pokemon. You can fish and you can run through caves and you can like swim and you can do all of these different things. I'll figure it out. It's just right now. Yeah, fighting someone in incredibly easy fights over and over again is not. And that's the thing. It will get more challenging. <laughs> it will get more challenging. I mean, I figured it'd be more challenging at the beginning. Not like. Not like incredibly difficult. Not like I'm going to lose everything, but like I actually have to like think. <laughs> yeah, that is probably going to start around the second, like second or third gym. So okay, give it an hour. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. Maybe Pokemon games just aren't for me. I mean, that's also possible. That is also possible. I don't mind the fights. They're just not difficult right now. They're not difficult. Um, that's why a lot... I mean... Like, I, I was playing that, like, phone Disney <laughs> turn-based strategy yeah. thing. And I was enjoying it because, like, I had to think. Yeah. And I, my problem with it was I could... I wasn't thinking enough. Yeah. Like, I was thinking. Mm -hmm. But, like, I because there was no numbers or anything... Yeah. Like, I couldn't strategize to the level I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to, like, really get into it mm -hmm. and be like, well, if I if I throw, if I use this attack right now, then yeah. I have an 80% chance of getting this much damage. Yes. And if I get that much damage, then I can do this. And Pokemon is like that. Um, but I, no, it's not, because I don't see no numbers anywhere. <laughs> what do you mean? There's no numbers. <laughs> You it's can't, just a health bar. You can't see your opponent's health bar, but you know how much... I want to know how much health they have. I, I cannot tell... Because the, like, having 400 HP yeah. and having 10 HP looks exactly the same. It does. There's, um... <laughs> it's my problem. Yeah. Most Pokemon cap out around, like, you know, and, and you know, most Pokemon cap out around, like, the... You know, 300 mark. Also, something. I want to, like, yeah. learn about the Pokemon I have, and I get, like, no information about them. What are you talking about? Torchic is it? <laughs> I, I go to the, the Pokedex, Pokedex, and it tells me, like, stuff I could... Just kind of guess. I knew just by looking at it. Like, yeah. Don't worry. Some Pokemon have really freaky... Like, I want to learn, like, what it evolves into, even, and it doesn't tell me that. Because you have to see what it evolves into. Oh, my gosh. Pokedex is like, whoa. I don't, I don't even want to, like, see a picture of what it evolves. I just want to know the name of the thing it turns into. I don't even know how to evolve things yet. Maybe that'll be entertaining. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. When you evolve your first Pokemon. How does that work? Um, well, like, different Pokemon like evolve 30, different ways. 30 second explanation. Different Pokemon evolve different ways. Uh, some Pokemon evolve when they're exposed to certain things. Certain Pokemon, uh, most Pokemon just evolve when they are like leveled up enough. Um, other Pokemon evolve like over specific like circumstances. Like if you trade them or they learn a specific move or something like that. Right. Like, I don't teach them moves. <laughs> 
30 second explanation. Yeah. So most of the time it'll be because they got to a new level. Most Pokemon right. are like, oh. Torchic was like, hey, now I know how to do this. Yes. Well, that was boring. I didn't put any effort into so this. You can, so here's the thing. You can only have four moves on your Pokemon. Right. And so at a certain point, and I mean, at the, these first couple levels, you'll be like, oh, I don't want him to know Growl. I'm going to teach him Ember. You know, like it'll be pretty easy decisions. But eventually you're going to get to the point where it's like, uh, which, what do I want him to have? What types of moves? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I just feel like at the, at the game is not explaining itself enough for me. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it's third generation and it's a remake, so maybe they just took a lot of that out because people knew how to play it at that point. But Yeah, but you're like, here I am, a fully grown man who's <laughs> never touched a Pokemon, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, well, I know all these things can happen. Yes. <laughs> Why aren't you telling me more about this? Right, right. Um. But yeah, like I said, most Pokemon, uh, it's it's I'll, they get I'll to a give certain it level. A little bit more time. I'll I'll like cover at least a fourth of the map. <laughs> a fourth of the map? Oh boy. <laughs> is that not a lot or is that a lot? That, that's that's I mean that's a pretty decent chunk. You don't fill up the map crazy fast. But I mean a fourth I mean a fourth of the map would be about a fourth of the game. So yeah. yeah. Anyways <laughs> You're weak. I just oh that's all that I oh, just, to talk just Pokemon. About. I just haven't done anything, so Oh, I was asking fair. about that because I, I I really don't get the the Pokemon craze at the moment. <laughs> what do you mean? Maybe Legends Arceus is better for me. Hmm. I don't know. Do I still get attacked randomly for walking in front of people? <laughs> randomly. <laughs> the battles are a little more planned out. Hey, you're a Pokemon trainer because you have that Pokebag. <laughs> I mean, we must fight. I'm going <laughs> to grab your face. I've always wondered about like old grandmas who just like, my Pikachu is very cute and I've had him since he was 80 or I've had him for the past 80 years and I, I love him very dearly. He's a treasured member of my family. And then somebody walks by with their Poochiana and they're like, <laughs> I'm going to kill you! <laughs> Fight! <laughs> I was just taking my Pikachu for no. a walk. It's such a lovely day. Oh, he's biting my Pikachu! <laughs> Why are these ice jaws floating in front of me? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Pikachu! <laughs> I've always wondered about those people in the Pokemon universe. Like, what truly distinguishes trainers from non-trainers? And why can't I just, like, Have cosplay? <laughs> yeah, why can't I just cosplay as a non-trainer? Like, in order to get to the next town or whatever, why can't I just, like... They're like, ah, oh, what a battle! And I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm actually... I, I'm, I'm not... I'm not a trainer. See, I don't I just... mind <laughs> being offered to fight everyone I encounter. Mm -hmm. What if I just say no? Why can't I say no? I can run, but that's cowardly. <laughs> yes, that is true. They you... make it so shameful mm -hmm. to avoid fighting. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be ashamed. I just want to. I just want to go my... buy some Pokeballs at the next town over. You're right. My my least favorite thing about any of the Pokemon games is always like whenever you get to the point where you're like level eighty or something, right? Yeah. And you go back to like you you know you're like ah let me start filling out the Pokédex a little more because I skipped over some areas. And you go back to those like starting areas because there's like one Pokemon you need, but it doesn't you know it doesn't have like a super high encounter rate. So you're just kind of walking through grass waiting for it to appear. And you're just trashing everyone. <laughs> well, you, your two options are... I growled and killed that guy. Yeah, you either get to, to do that or 
um, all of the wild Pokemon. It's like, oh my gosh, it's one of these things for the eighth time in a row. And then you're just like, well, I guess I'll run away. And it's like, you got away safely. What do you mean I got away safely? I was safely? not in danger. <laughs> Quit patronizing me. Right, oh my gosh, do you <laughs> placate me, fool. <laughs> like, it just... It irks me <laughs> greatly. Whatever. I'm in charge of this whole region. What yes. are you talking yes. about? Yes, I am the Pokemon master. <laughs> I'm the very best. Like no one ever was. Well, why'd you run away from that torture? <laughs> I, I was guess you bored. have to fight it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> ah, that's what it was. It came out in 96 in Japan, 98 here. Ah. Yep. Uh, so we're as old as Pokemon is in America. Yep. Does that mean that I'm two years older in Japan? No. No. Okay. Well, that sucks. Actually, in Korea, you could be. I could do, be. Do you know how they because do their they, aging? Because it's by... Well, isn't the same thing in like China and other places where it's like at the start of the year? I don't know. I just know Korea. <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, no, at the start of the year, it's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter if you were born a, a day ago, like you are now a year old. And then in other places... Or actually, no, no. That's how they do it in China. In Korea, it's... Um, yeah. Isn't you're it? born at one year old and then it changes at the year. So if you're born, like you're not zero or one I thought you were born one. at nine months. They they count your your gestation period, right? And well, then it it's it upgrades at upgrade. You, <laughs> level up. You level up at the at the new year. So oh, okay, you okay. could be born in like November, and then when the new year comes, mm -hmm. you could be two years old, but you're only four months old. Yeah. <laughs> Like, how old's your baby? Two. And like, <laughs> oh, is he walking? No. <laughs> He's not even solid, even eating solid food yet. What a... He can't control his neck. Right. We're still doing tummy time. Is that right? Do you think that's why, uh, do you think that's why certain countries are so smart? They're just like, well, you're two, time to start school. Like... <laughs> so either it's you're born at one year or you're born at nine months. So you could be three months old and be two if things line up correctly. So like, how does... I mean, you don't know this. <laughs> you don't know the answer, but I need the answer, so figure it out. Okay. So, like, how does, like, the, like, a... The like, education system work? Yeah. Like, in America, we're like, okay, if you're born before this arbitrary date... I don't this know. ...this year, then you go to school this year, and if you're born after that, <clears throat> you go to school next year. Yeah. And I know, like, you're only two days apart, but we got to pick a day somewhere. Yeah. Or else everyone's going to school or no one's going to school, so here we are. Everyone's <laughs> going to school. Yeah. So, like, how does that ha like? Does it is it based on your like true age, or is it based on whatever <laughs> number you say when people ask how old you are? I I wonder because some some schools do or some schools some like places do legitimately use like uh, what I think is a pretty good system of just the like you know you take a placement test. So you could just consistently be too dumb to go to kindergarten your whole life. Every year I take this test, and every year I fail it. <laughs> And that's how I became idiot soup. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I became lead animator on this Korean anime. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just draw my pictures. <laughs> right. I cannot do math. <laughs> no math allowed. Cannot anymore. write. But I draw pictures real good. <laughs> really, really good. And I understand story really well. Yes. But only through television. Mm -hmm. I speak good. That's another strength. 
Okay. <laughs> but yes. I so think I think they they must just be like it's not about age, it's about when you're born. Yeah. Which means it's about age, but like they say uh, different age. Hey, hey kindergartners, you're all going to be uh, born 2020 or July 2020 to November 2020. That's it. Yep. Get in there. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> Next next year we'll cover the rest of you. Like, <laughs> mm. Mm. well, that's a really short time span, right there. That was, was only four months. I was gonna say I was like, February twenty twenty to November twenty twenty. Everybody in. Okay. Yes, <laughs> works. You drastically increased your time span to so mm-hmm. ten months. To ten months. I was just gonna say. I Still like, don't include January and December. It's yeah. too confusing. <laughs> we need those bookends of the year to. Really drag behind next the rest year. Of us. Next year, I'll include December <laughs> to October. It just keeps shifting back. Yeah, ten month period. Anyway, I like that. Just a confusing system that everyone's like, "Wait, so you went to school in what year?" And like, actually, don't answer that. I, <laughs> I'm three. <laughs> no, we've been over this mark. You're seven. <laughs> I'm three. <laughs> just, just talking to like a fourth grader. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, what do you learn in school? You learn about the, the crust and the mantle and the core of the earth and all that? I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in fourth grade? No, I'm four. four. What do you I'm mean? stupid. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like he keeps like, failing everything because he's four years old. Yeah, I like the idea of you then being like four. You're like, what do you mean four? And you're like four. Mantle, quest, upper mantle. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just go in. <laughs> just swole brain baby. Intercourse. Yeah, right, right. right. I, just, I, really, I really like that visual. <laughs> anyway yeah so i'm gonna talk about snow piercer oh yeah feature presentation time we didn't say it but feature feature presentation <laughs> anyway um uh anyway i'm gonna talk about snow piercer uh-huh. movie from 2013 not the show from 2020 um <gasps> there was a show it's it's still going. There is a show. Three seasons in. Good googling. There's only movie. ten episodes a season, though. I mean, that's still thirty episodes. I mean, I I actually prefer TV shows like that. I feel like twenty four episodes. Is it's so much space kind of a to lot. fill. Unless it's a sitcom, like you can fill a sitcom with whatever you want. Yeah. But like a drama show, mm-hmm. it it gets there's just so much stuff you don't need in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think 13 is a good number. Unless you're going to do one season and t- the 24 episodes. It's just, yeah. It's is just the whole, whole show. Yeah. It's a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to comment on current or future culture problems is essentially what I'm talking about. He didn't address classism or racism in any direct way in his messages about how we should live or what's right and wrong or anything like that. Well, he did say that it's harder for a rich man to get through heaven 
than for a camel exactly. to get through the eye of a needle. A needle to get through the eye of a camel. That's pretty Very easy. easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, it's harder to get into heaven than that. Anyway. <laughs> the camel's yeah, like, but oh, that, ow, another needle. <laughs> but that's not about classes. That's about... If you're rich, you love your money. (laughs) (laughs) If I know anything about rich people. If you're rich, it's because you're hoarding money. That's the whole point. Like, that's how you get rich. Yeah. It's by not spending money. You can be financially okay. Yeah. And spend all of, and give away and spend all your money and still be okay. You can save, like, a portion of it just in case or whatever. To be a good steward of your money. Mm -hmm. But to be rich. Rich. Is to hoard money. <laughs> yeah. There's no other way to do it. And so you're loving and coveting your money and more than yourself. Or or, or yourself in that. Because it's all sin is actually about self-love um, and pride. So. <laughs> uh, he's not commenting saying, the upper class won't go into heaven. <laughs> he's saying, if you... If money or no, we get it. I, God, oh my gosh, dude! I was just trying to make this some big dude, thing. Quit making jokes about it, oh man. Oh my goodness! Because no, I was actually making a statement, and you kind of like tried to tell me I was wrong. How dare I'm you! I'm messing with you. <laughs> We're friends. Anyway, this is like our whole dynamic. Jesus, Jesus didn't address classism or racism in any direct way in his teachings. Not really. Yes, he did address things that you could apply <laughs> to those things. Uh, yeah. But he was not addressing specifically those things. He was talking more broader terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, love each other well, even love your enemies. So, yeah, he was against those things. Of course, you can't love someone well and make him your slave, at least. <laughs> yeah. Or see him as a, uh inferior race or whatever you would call it um (laughs) anyway of course he's against classism and racism in that way uh but he there's bigger issues that he's addressing that these fall under the umbrella of um he was not a revolutionary nor a political extremist uh like many of the jews at the time were expecting um they were expecting the messiah to be some, someone who would overthrow the Ro- Roman government, lead them into a new age of prosperity for Hebrew culture and all that. Um, he was not even here just for the Hebrew people, but instead he was here for every single individual human soul that ever was and ever will be. So what did Jesus have to say about culture? Not as much as we like to think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mostly he said to throw out cultural norms in favor of loving God with all that you have and loving others as yourself. Wherever culture gets in the way of that, just ignore it. And wherever ignoring culture would just cause problems that don't need to be there, then just follow along with the culture unless it leads you to sin. Um, Anyway, so what does this all have to do with Snowpiercer 2013? (laughs) Or 2020? I don't know. I haven't seen 2020. Um, So in the near future, governments try to stop global warming by introducing a cooling agent into the atmosphere. Uh, This cooling agent overdoes it just a little bit (laughs) and freezes the whole earth. In reaction to this, one engineer has invented a train called the Snowpiercer. Um, that's the plot of Snowpiercer? Well, that's the premise, and then the plot is like... Oh, a, sure, sure, sure. The, but whoa! Yeah. That's so cool! <laughs> 
Anyway, so this train has an internal, eternal engine. Eternal, not internal. Uh, it, is it internal as well? If so, I mean, then yes, you're, so then there you go. You were still <laughs> correct. But that's not special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it will go on and on forever, and the train will keep going. So this train is boarded by the only human survivors on Earth. All the human survivors there are from this global catastrophe are on this train, right? Okay. Probably not, but like for intents and for the reasoning of the movie, sure. <laughs> um, some bought their way on and others fought their way on and were lucky to make it. Sure. So the people who bought their way on live in the front of the train in luxury. They get whatever food they want. Mm-hmm. They get heating and air conditioning and <laughs> and new clothing and they get to have kids and have those kids go to school and they just live essentially a middle class life but a normal life they're not living at, like homeless people essentially which is what's going on in the back so, of the train so they have like enough train cars to provide for like raising raising beef and stuff mm-hmm. wow okay continue <laughs> A lot of train cars. <laughs> I can tell. It's only like max like two miles long of a train, but like still. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty inventive if you, when they're walking through the train, all the ways they explain how, how do you still have fish? <laughs> how do you still have this? And how, why do you guys have this? Yeah. Why is this necessary? <laughs> I love it's not. that. It's not. It's just to keep them happy and complacent or whatever. Sure. Um, Prevent social reasons. So the the people in the point in the back, <laughs> the people who just scrambled on last minute uh, yeah. and left their and potentially left everyone else out there and just got on, right? Um, who fought their way on? They live in the back of the train and they live uh, in like the slums. <laughs> okay, they just like live in this super overcrowded, dark, not air conditioned area or not heated area. Mm-hmm. All their clothes are falling apart. It's all. Cl- all their resources or what they brought on. They're fed, uh, but the, for the first, like, six months they were on the train, they weren't. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, they're fed this, like, gelatin bars that give them all the nutrients they need, mm-hmm. and that's all they get, and then moving on. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to spoil this movie, but only, like, the story beats, okay. like, the emotional stuff that, like, you act, people actually care about when it comes to spoilers, so oh. I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, oh! I was like, I was like, wait. <laughs> Just like, like what happens in this in the story? Yeah, but like how characters interact and what happens between in the emotional changes they go through. I'll only spoil one of those. But okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so there is this whole classism thing. Ta-da! And now it can be an allegory for society or whatever. Um, our main character is named Curtis, and the movie follows him as he leads a revolution um, to overthrow the classist system that has been kept in place. It has been 18 years of life on the train, so many of the people don't remember what it's like before the train and don't understand why this system is in place. Like, sure, when we all got on here, the people who paid got all the cool stuff and we were kept back here because we didn't pay to get on here. Mm. But, like, some people... This has been their whole life. Yeah. So they shouldn't be punished anymore for scrambling on last minute for free. Right? Um, so, revolution time. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> um, the leader uh, slash inventor of the Snowpiercer, his name's Wilford. And the leader of the people in the back of the train, his name is Gilliam. 
Mm. Uh, he's super old. He's missing limbs. Um, there's a whole spoiler thing about why he's missing limbs, so I won't get into it. Um, moving on. And, and he's going to die, so that's why he's not leading the revolution. He's just the de facto leader of the people in the back of the train. Um, uh, the people in the front of the train treat Wilford like a god character, and the people okay. in the back hate him because <laughs> they feel like he's been keeping them back there, oppressed, and, and not letting them grow and flourish or get a better life in any way yeah. for his own reasons that they don't understand. Um, so the whole movie, uh, we're watching Curtis make his way to the front of the train to go kill Wilford. <laughs> what a name, Wilford. Anyway, um, and we're watching him and we are assuming he's this kind of savior figure, uh, in the story. And, and why do we think this? Well, it's because he's leading a revolution. Um, Curtis learned from Gilliam over the past 18 years and believes his ideals about what should be happening on the train and all these things and has successfully made it to the front of the train. Mm. And we see him as this Jesus figure because he represents what we would like to do and what we would like to see happen in our worldly struggles. This is what the Hebrews expected Jesus to be at the time when he arrived. Uh, they, They wanted him to, you know, go overthrow the Roman Empire and make a new land for the Hebrews to flourish and grow and do whatever because that's like what they wanted, right? And we look to other... We look at Curtis in this way. We're like, oh, he's the Jesus figure. He's the savior figure because he's doing what we would want to do in that situation. Mm -hmm. And he's leading these people to do this thing that we expect him to do. Not necessarily because he's doing anything that is like Jesus, right? but because... Oh, he's saving people and leading revolution. That's like, Jesus did that. No, he didn't. But, um, anyway, so that's why the Hebrews at the time, at the time of Jesus, uh, they were being tricked by false messiahs like all the time because all someone had to do was say, Hey, I'm the Messiah and I'm going to go overthrow the Romans. And they get behind them no matter what, because they're like, yeah, we want to see you overthrow the Romans. (laughs) And so they were constantly being tricked and, it never worked out. And so even when Jesus is being crucified, he's being compared to a false Messiah figure. Mm. And that's who they are. Um, he's brought out next to him. And that's who the Jews are asked, like, hey, who do you want us to kill? And they choose Jesus. <laughs> and they let the other guy go, who's a false Messiah. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so what am I talking about? Jesus or Curtis (laughs) shows us a true example of what Jesus does um, and how he, at least how he interacts with cultural conflict. So yes, we expect him to be this Jesus figure simply because he's helping the poor and leading this revolution, but that's not what I'm talking about. I want to point out that that's not how we should see Jesus. And the, in the movie has something to say about that. Um, So at the end of the movie, we find out, through Curtis, uh, that Wilford and Gilliam, the two leaders at the front and the back of the train, have actually been co-conspirators this whole time. And the whole class system has been held up at both ends by both of them. Um, and that every past chance at revolution in the past 18 years has been planned out exactly when it's going to end, when it's going to happen, who's going to die, all these things. Um, and it, all of them have been intended to fail. So the whole class system on the train is set up to keep the population down and also to keep that lower class 
having a constant home, hope that they can change things so they don't just kill themselves because they're needed. Mm-hmm. They're needed to keep the train going. They're needed to take care of like other issues on the train and do maintenance and stuff. Um, so you have to give them a constant hope or else they just give up and won't do anything. So if you let them believe, eventually there'll be this revolution that things and things will change and my life will get better, then they'll continue to work and do whatever because they think it's just a matter of time before things get better constantly and nothing ever will. Um, so this whole class system that's been set up on the train has been hold it, like I said, held up by both ends. It's neat that the system is needed by them, by the train, and the system is harmful, yes, but both sides have a part to play in it and are both and both sides are necessary. So Curtis learns this whole system and culture of the train is broken and there's no fixing it because Wilford is right. It is needed in order to keep the train going in order to save the last bit of humanity there is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to keep it this way. There's no other way to do it. Yeah. Sure. Maybe we could give them a little bit better conditions, but like at the end of the day, it's still going to be a class struggle and there's still going to be revolutions that in the population needs to stay within the bounds of what can fit on this train mm. and be fed by the resources on the train and all these things. Right. So yeah, he's right. We got to keep it this way for the most part. We can maybe improve it, but not that much. So things need to keep happening this way. And Curtis is tempted to allow this and Wilford offers him his position at the front of the train to start running things. Wilford wants to retire and he'll help Curtis figure stuff out, but he's, he's kind of tired of being up there, right? He wants him to be the new Wilford, right? Um, and Curtis is tempted to allow this and to take that position, but his compassion for the people on the train and the people in the back of the train allows him to move past this temptation. Instead, he chooses to sacrifice himself in order to give the people of the train a chance, right? He decides that if the whole system is broken and cannot be fixed, then we need to throw out the system, essentially. (laughs) You know, he doesn't, he decides he doesn't care if this is the way it has to be. It's broken and we're not leaving it this way. Uh, And we're not gonna slightly improve on it and leave it the same, we're just gonna throw out the whole thing. And at the end of the movie, he, with the help of a few other characters, uh, decides to blow up the train. <laughs> and this is what Jesus does. He doesn't blow everyone up, obviously, but... <laughs> but he destroys that like pre-established system that was right. in place. And he doesn't intend the church to blow things up either, just to be To clear. also clarify. <laughs> uh, but he expects us to... You're like, <laughs> Viva la body de Christ! <laughs> right. He expects us to... Uh, not honor a culture and its systems where they go against him and where they are sinful and where they are broken, he expects us to just kind of let it die. Um, And he dies so that we have a chance of becoming a new humanity and that we can move past the old ways of doing things and focus on what is on doing what is good and loving. So Curtis in the movie does this so that, I mean, there's going to be a few survivors on the train, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Blowing up the train isn't just going to automatically kill everyone. But um, we even see two survivors after the the train is blown up. So we know people are around. Um, And then we see, oh, there's a polar bear. Oh, there's other life on the planet. Maybe there's a chance for humanity. There's your hope or whatever at the end of the movie. but that's what Jesus does for us. He dies for us so that we may have a chance to become this new vision of humanity. And he 
when he looks at cultures and societies that are, and systems that have been set up by humans mm. and a worldly view in order to keep the world the way it is, he just is like, okay, well, don't cause tr- don't cause trouble, but there's no reason to honor that and keep to that so long as you are honoring me above that, right? So what does Jesus have to say about like racism and classism? Like, yeah, don't do that because that's not honoring me and how you would you should be treating other people, right? So right. yeah, just ignore that, throw that out, be more than that, right? <laughs> um, but where there is no sin, just leave it be so that you can focus on doing what's good. So like Jesus tells you to pay your taxes, <laughs> like don't cause trouble, don't not pay your taxes. There's no sinful will in that. Like you need roads, you need schools, like go pay your taxes. Don't be ridiculous. Mm. But where class, where our society has chosen not to honor God and to, and to harm individuals, just ignore that and, and bring honor to those who are the least of these and, and love the poor. Like the, <clears throat> like the movie is trying to say is like, but there's no need to blow everyone up either. Uh, <laughs> But the the main point I wanted to say again, I think you already repeated it, is where the society is broken, don't try and fix it because it's based on human desire. And trying to fix it and bring it into God's will is not going to work because it's, the whole basis of it is human it's selfishness. Sin, yeah. Just throw it out. Just don't pay attention to it. Do what God would have you do uh, mm. instead. And that's what Jesus is trying to preach. And so when you hear someone... <clears throat> try and talk about Jesus as if he's some political revolutionary and cultural extremist. In some ways you could see him that way, yes, but that's not his point. His point is love God and love each other well. And wherever society fails in that, you ignore it. Not, you need to overthrow society so that you can, like, <laughs> if society won't let you do that, then sure, maybe. But we, I don't think we've lived in a society where we aren't allowed to love each other well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Anyway, did you have anything to add here? Because I think I'm done. Because I think I'm done. Um, hmm. No, I don't believe. Because I, 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 I have not seen the film. Right. I, I know where I, I know where you're coming from. You could just talk about your thoughts on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I like to like try and pull another thing out of the movie. When right. About these things, you know that. But um, no, I, I think I think the the note that you ended on is just fine. You're right. We are like. We haven't lived in a society where we like just physically are are like not allowed to show love to one another. Um, but even in spite of that, like like God's will and God's beauty is in everything that humans make because you know we are we are made in His image and mm-hmm. we are called um, to to like boom make as He has made us. And so I think that a little bit of of His beauty shines through everything that we make my point right. in all of this rambling is um that even though we are sinful beings you know and i mean i guess that's kind of the point of the podcast or whatever but even though we are sinful beings like we are there are people like us out there who sit down and and, and try to find like what is the meaning of all of these different things um like where where does god shine through strongest um and sometimes yes you know we are called to blow up the train or or jesus does that himself he blows up the train metaphorically Um, metaphorically don't go blow people up don't blow people (laughs) up that would be bad um but um but yeah it's just you know when when we're called to replace one system with another it's never an easy task but it's kind of it's 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 jesus replacing 
what we have put in place of his original system. We're, we're replacing it with an older, better system. Right. Um, and I think that that's an interesting thing that I don't think a lot of Christians talk about a lot, where it's like, we're not just like tearing something down and putting up something new. It's like, no, 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 no. Jesus, God, like the, <laughs> the word, uh, like they already had the perfect system in place. And then when we came along, we, we mucked up the water a little bit. Um, but now it's like trying to, trying to distill that, trying to like take all of those impurities out and replace it with what was already there. Um, but again, anyways, th- that was my thought, but I, again, I haven't seen the film. So I like, I wanted to try and like, see if I could tie that into something from the mm-hmm. film, but so I don't know how that hits your ears. Uh, the whole point is that in the movie is that it's reflecting what society was, even though it doesn't have to anymore, mm. right? Yeah. On the train, they could do whatever they wanted, but they keep this system going, um, and it's not completely necessary. Yeah. They could have done something else, but now that they've set it up this way, there's no going back. Mm. Um, so we just got to toss out the whole thing. Because uh, <laughs> even if you try and fix it, it's still a broken thing to begin with. Yeah. Um, and that's what... That's kind of what I was trying to get at was like, even with us, like you can't fix your heart. You can't fix your sinful nature. It needs to be tossed out and replaced with a good new heart, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And and you need a new nature given to you, right? Um, And so that's what Jesus does collectively for all of humanity. And then on on like a social scale, like we're called to not try and fix society but work within it to make something new, to be the a new man and new humanity, I guess. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of the church, and we fail at that too. But <laughs> we aren't supposed to look at the world around us and say, "Well, how does that organization work? We should make the church work like that." Mm. We should be looking to God and saying, "Hey." what would you have us do and following through on that regardless of whether it looks like or is is deemed appropriate by the rest of society (laughs) anyway (laughs) anyways moving on (laughs) Hmm. well there you go Mm -hmm. there you go but anyway so that was that was my that was my thing that was my my input for the day so uh so if you want to contact us you can (laughs) um but no uh, so today I am talking about Samwise Gamgee, who I, I see as a, a really great Christ figure. Um, I'm going to leave that in. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, I see him as a really great Christ figure. I think throughout a lot of Christian circles, I think there's a lot of focus on like Gandalf and, and other characters as being like, oh, there's this great Christ figure in Lord of the Rings. But it's like, what about Sam? What about Sam? So I'm going to talk yeah. about Sam. Good thing about Lord of the Rings is this, that J.R.R. Tolkien, he, uh, he hated analogies. <laughs> so instead of like saying, like Narnia, where, oh, Jesus is Aslan, he will die and be resurrected, mm-hmm. he included like sprinklings of like, this is an aspect of Jesus in this character, yeah. and here's an aspect over here. And here's the aspect of, except for Satan, like Satan's just Satan in, in this world. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. demons are just demons in this world. Yeah, he was just like, but, and I come and I corrupt. I, I'm pretty one note, honestly, <laughs> when you look at it through that lens. Um, but like the Messiah is sprinkled through 
different tr- characters and different traits. Yeah. And our sin struggle is sprinkled through different characters and get different traits and different characters. And that's what's great about it is that you can focus in on one thing or another. Um, but it also detracts from people being able to see Christ in this thing because it's so spread out. It's so hard. It's so hard to say, well, here's how, how it is. You yeah. have to be like, well, if you look at the return of the king and you look at uh Samwise and Frodo mm-hmm. and <laughs> well yeah you're definitely you're definitely right um cuz like cuz okay cuz even in the presentation that I'm I'm about to give I'm like I, I jokingly named it Sam Gamgee the ultimate Christ parallel um <laughs> but like that's not that's not fair to well to Christ um or to Sam um in in reality i wanted to like really focus in on like sam as like this this forever loving friend this guy who will never abandon you no matter what um he's just really gonna hammer home that specific aspect of christ christ as the the friend the the one who's never going to leave you he's like i will never leave you nor forsake you and Mm -hmm. and that really like uh hammers in on like what sam and frodo's like whole relationship is um and uh yeah so there you go anyway (sighs) so um like i said before sam wise is like very big um on on good old master frodo he is there for him like literally from the very beginning um he's like this perfect image of like this this suffering christ who's like carrying his cross up the hill he, he just like bears so many burdens um, and all the while he like loves all of his friends like with his whole heart. Um, he's never going to abandon them and like literally from the very beginning of the journey like he is not invited. Um, it is Gandalf telling Frodo and then Sam's all like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a big old klutz and no, I'm uh, such I a... I was stupid. just hanging out in the garden. Oh, I'm sorry, I was standing in your bushes and I just happened to overhear <laughs> that you're about to risk your whole life. Mr. Frodo. Mr. Frodo. <laughs> Can't a poor fool, like, wouldn't you shake a poor sinner's hand? I... <laughs> what are you going on about? <laughs> I'd like to tag along, please. And so, and so he does. I don't think he wants to. Well, he doesn't want Frodo to go alone. Alone, alone. I should, I should clarify. Um, but yeah. Anyways, no. It's just like from literally from the very beginning, he's like, uh, this is a little suspicious. But I can't have you going by yourself, which means I'm coming with you. So he he tags along, um, regardless of what Gandalf like protesting and be like, sorry, we're not we're not really taking stragglers. Um, and so yeah, they just he, he just he just invites himself, and it's kind of kind of reassuring to Frodo to know that he's going to have like a friend with him the whole time, and then. Oh, and then Merry and Pippin join too, right? And it's like, oh, he's going to have the... It's like the whole gang is going. And then you know, Aragon joined him. But then like so quickly, uh, what is it, like the 10th chapter or something uh, <laughs> of the second book, like the whole, you know, your Fellowship of the Ring, it, they were together for 10 chapters. <laughs> and and then the whole thing just devolves. Uh, Frodo and Samwise. Frodo originally, again, was just going to do the whole thing by himself. He leaves and... Uh, and and Samwise, who can't even swim, decides to chase after Master Frodo. <sighs> Literally going to just 
throw himself in into into this river knowing full well that he will never be able to get to master frodo but you know frodo turns around he saves him and he's like you lovable idiot and they go on and then everyone else like like i said before like mary and pippin and all of them like they all kind of get pulled into their own adventures they're still supporting frodo but they're not directly there with him. They're not making that journey with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're making their own distractions and so on and so forth. They're they're doing their own thing, but it's Samwise who's like actually with Frodo the whole time. Um, Frodo ends up like at some point I forget exactly when in the story, but at some point they they run into Gollum, right? Um, and Gollum starts tagging along and. Gollum and Frodo have like a really weird connection and I, I I don't know a better word for it other than weird but they have a really weird connection because they have this like shared uh I'll say trauma for lack of a better word um that's accurate I think that's accurate shared sin struggle sin struggle yeah and yeah, yeah. in the analogous form of this <laughs> in the analogous form of this um yes but they 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 both share this connection with the ring and I mean uh, he knows what Gollum has been through. Yes. Right. And because of that, Frodo, who genuinely is a very kind-hearted person, um, is like, you know, I want to help Gollum. And Sam has the the mental understanding to, like, look at Gollum and be like, this is a hideous, despicable creature, <laughs> you know? Um, yes, we need him for a certain portion of this. Um, but we should not trust him. We should not trust him. <laughs> right. Um, and we really can't do anything to help him. Right. He's already made his choice. He's already like too far gone. Um, and I, I guess in a, in a Christian understanding, nobody's ever too far gone to be redeemed by God. But it's never our place to save people. That's God's decision, I guess, would probably be a better way to phrase that. Um, anyways. Uh, but yeah, no. So like I said, Sam, Sam sees Gollum for what he is. But Frodo and his big old lung of a heart... Um, he, he's like, you know, I want to relate more to Gollum. I'm trying to like talk to him. I'm trying to like understand him. And when it gets to the point where Gollum sees that in Frodo and he starts like trying to lie to him and manipulate him because he wants to, he wants to kill Frodo. He wants to steal the ring from Frodo eventually. Um, and so he's, 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 he's whispering in his ear, you know, he, he, um, through Gollum and, and then, of course, the corruption that the ring itself has on Frodo. Um, eventually, Sam gets booted. He gets kicked to the curb. Um, Frodo tells Sam, like, hey, I, I don't need you anymore. I, you, I don't feel like you're trustworthy. I feel like you're trying to steal the ring from me. And just go home, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what he says. He's like, you know, I, 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 he doesn't trust him. And so Sam, big old tearful journey home he's he's i mean he's he obeys you know he sees what um he hears what frodo says and he he leaves him um only to then realize that like i i can't do that i love frodo too much um and he turns around um even though frodo has like mistreated him and rejected him um and of course christ never actually leaves us but um yeah, he, he will still do that for us. He will still, like, recognize that, like, no matter how much uh, we mistreat him or however much we abandon him, he will never abandon us. No matter how much we reject him, he will not reject us. He always is right there for us, um, ready when we are ready to accept him. Um, a long time ago, 
a pastor described it um, to me as like, you know, like in order to sin, we have to like turn away from God Mm -hmm. and we have to like put our fingers in our ears and we have to like scream and like, la la, like as loud as we have to be like a total like child throwing a tantrum. Um, But he never leaves us, you know, even when we're doing all of that and we're like, I can't see you, I'm ignoring you, blah, 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 blah. He's not ignoring us. He's still standing directly behind us. Maybe a little miffed. (laughs) <laughs> um, <but> he's, <laughs> miffed. miffed what a good word um, but he's he's still standing right there like open arms like waiting like when's the tantrum going to be over like you, you, you're going to come right back to me um, waiting for us to turn around and be like I'm sorry so that he can like accept us with open arms like he never left even when we were ignoring him um, and that's what ends up happening with like Sam and Frodo um, Frodo ends up getting captured and taken to the, the orc tower um, I forget the exact name of the tower. It was very important, but whatever. Um, important in the books, not for the presentation. Um, and, and Sam like sneaks in. Um, he sneaks in, he, he finds Frodo, he saves Frodo. And once, once they finally get out of there. Well, well, Sam thinks he's dead for a minute. Sam thinks he's dead. He for takes a... the ring and is like, walks for like an hour or two. And yeah. is like, this is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst thing I could ever imagine. Yeah. I don't know how Frodo has done this. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, wait, Frodo's alive. And then he goes back. He goes back. <laughs> he goes back. Man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, Dude, it's crazy. I'm putting this thing back on Frodo. I don't right. care. Oh, my gosh. He could be dead and weird. <laughs> I don't... Um, why don't they ever put it in a little satchel? I don't think... It matters how you're carrying it. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think that's like a secure way to carry it. Like yeah. it's hard for someone to get that off your neck. Yeah. But like if you just kept it in your pocket, it would still feel the same. Corrosive. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just wondering. I've always wondered that. Like what if it was a little, like a little pouch? He was just like, no ring on me. <laughs> and just toss it behind you. Yeah. Put your hands up. Anyway, anyway uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, no. Point is, um, yeah. Point is that, like, so, like you said, Sam thinks Frodo's dead. He takes the ring. He's like, "Wow, this is the worst." Um, but he realizes Frodo's alive. He saves Frodo, and after saving Frodo, um, you know, Frodo has a mission. Um, Frodo has to destroy this ring. It's it is Frodo who is the one who has to do this. And so Frodo goes and you know they they have to trek up Mount Doom and and throw this away. But like he he was just tortured. Like he again Sam thought he was dead. He does not have any physical strength to spare. And so um Romans 8, 38 through 39, kicking in with this verse right now. Um, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, And so like in this final demonstration of this like beautiful, um, like overpowering, like in the face of all odds strength, Samwise bench presses frodo <laughs> puts him on his back and like maybe helps. i can't carry the ring but i can, I can carry, carry you master frodo <laughs> i found the loophole yeah right i would i would love to see that where like aragorn's just like wait i can't carry the ring i'd be corrupted but oh i can carry hobbit <laughs> it's very easy to carry this hobbit yes <laughs> 
and the whole time photos like oh this is so difficult I, oh the ring is laying there <laughs> oh, oh my neck oh, it's so heavy <laughs> everyone's like sharp <laughs> um but no 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 um point being um yeah no it's just like that that's that verse paints this like image like like oh what a friend we have in jesus um right i was gonna bring up a verse mm-hmm. for that specific scene oh uh where uh come to me all you are who are weary and burdened and i will give heavy you rest laden. <laughs> uh what heavy laden sorry i was okay. familiar with a different version take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light mm-hmm. um so why is the burden light i don't think it is <laughs> it is it at the end of the day yeah but it, it it's not easy to resist temptation to not no. say to to take up the way god would have you walk in this life what makes it easy is that he's carrying you <laughs> right what makes it easy is that he takes on that burden from you and so yeah you bear the burden and and god can't or doesn't i don't he certainly can uh he doesn't take over your body and say no yeah don't do that right until you don't feel tempted anymore yeah what he does instead is he lets you bear that temptation but if you're living how you should you're throwing that burden onto him yeah and so that's what sam is doing is like yeah i can't get that burden that's yours that's yours i can't take it right you have to wear that ring it's so bad that you can't walk right now so i'm just gonna make it easy on you i'm gonna carry you yeah (laughs) right right so that's what jesus does for us and what we're intended to do not just for ourselves is throw burdens off of ourselves but Mm. also take each other's burdens yeah and instead of taking that burden on to me i take that burden on and just give it away to jesus like you you take care of that (laughs) thanks jesus um but anyway like the burden is light Mm -hmm. not because the burden isn't heavy but because someone else is carrying it yeah um anyway anyway and sam is literally carrying frodo so (laughs) again he just benches the boy after (sighs) literally walking across the continent (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh let me cry um but no uh the point being um yeah no the the burden is light um and and even in that moment i think it's still like a great parallel where it's like even as sam is carrying frodo frodo is still bearing the weight of the ring and it is still like crushing to him um but he's still he is still bearing that load even though he physically would not be able to walk in that scenario right he is bearing what he can to his utmost physical ability right again this being the ring and my point was like it's not like it's hard for him to be carried yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) like yes it's a big burden but like he's not he's literally doing nothing yeah sam is doing everything in the same way jesus is taking care of it for us yeah we just gotta like let him (laughs) yeah um but yeah so that and yeah so that's that's what ends up happening um sam like picks up frodo carries him to the finish line and then 
it's even there that like Frodo like completely stumbles, you know, mm-hmm. like right at the finish line. He, oh gosh, I blinked on the character's name, but it, it's, it's like a complete repeat of like the beginning of the Lord of the Rings where it's like, oh, here I am. I've made it all the way to the end. We're going to destroy it in the fires of Mount Doom. Oops. <laughs> I'm going to slip it on and disappear into the night. Um, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's ironically Gollum who like jumps in and it's like, it's his love of, um of the ring that ends up ultimately destroying it um you know he 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 sees the footprints and is like oh there's my boy (laughs) jumps on him bites the finger off they both fall to death and it's like sam who's like mourning this whole thing more than anyone else in that scenario he sees frodo like starting to give into temptation he's like no 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 no. like this isn't you this isn't what we came here to do this isn't what we just like went through all i didn't think you were dead so that you could like spiritually die in front of me Right. You know? uh, right. That's the hardest part about about resisting temptation is like you can walk around and say I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say. Yeah. Uh, and then when it actually comes down to the moment, is like actually not doing it, yeah. actually throwing it away from you and letting it die is the hardest part. Yeah. You can walk down, walk across Middle Earth, <laughs> and say. I'm just, I just got to get there and not do it. I just got to get there and not do it. Yeah. I just get there and get let it throw, be thrown into the fires and not have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But once it gets to that point, that's where it's the hardest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what Tolkien was trying to say when, <laughs> when Gollum did it instead, but... I guess it's just it, sin uh, leads to his own destruction. I was, but, yeah, I was about to say. I think I think that. <laughs> but I don't know right what there. he's trying to say about our temptation and how we successfully deal with, like, give it to a sinner, like. <laughs> give it to, well, I think that I think that the point is that we can't. Right. Frodo is incapable of destroying his own sin, especially at that point in the story where it's like he has already been that. Um, What's the word I'm thinking of? He, he's, already, he's already given into it that much. It's already affected his life that much. There comes a point with your sin where it's like, you know, yeah, you're, and that's a thing, something you're going to do with your whole life. Even after Frodo goes home to the Shire, like, he can't be who he was anymore. Yeah. And not just like, well, emotionally I've gone through this. Like, he still feels the burden. Yeah. Even though it's not there. Yeah. Right? So. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing with sin, where it's like, a lot of sins in our lives, you know, sometimes, and, and like, God does this. God will sometimes, like, and for lack of a better word, I'm not trying to, like, make light of it, but I'll say magically. Um, <laughs> uh, he will miraculously, like, take away a sin struggle for someone. Mm-hmm. I've known this to happen. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen people who have, like, struggled with something, like, their whole lives, and then, you know, the God just, like, cured them of something. And it's like... You know, that's a beautiful thing to, right. to see and to Our celebrate. desire is to not desire sin, but yeah. quite often that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Where the, the, even the desire to sin is gone. Yeah. Where, of course, we've seen it happen. It's probably happened in our own lives, but mm-hmm. it's just not the norm. It's not the norm. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and so that's what we're trying to get at is I, I think maybe that is what Tolkien is getting at where it's like that's not the norm it's not the norm to get to the fire of Mount Doom and be able to cast it in especially by yourself in any Christian allegory that's it (laughs) you're you're not going to be able to do this by yourself it's not happening I'm sorry but it's not happening um what will happen though what can happen is you're going to show up and when the time is right you're going to sit you're going to look at it and you're going to be like oh hey 
time to time to fumble the ball. Mm-hmm. Sin destroys itself ultimately. Like Satan will lead to Satan's own destruction. Right. But outside of miraculous divine intervention, <laughs> most sin you're going to struggle with your whole life. And that's the that's where this idea of like a daily battle comes. And I think that's like kind of the whole point of the Lord of the Rings is like every day for Frodo is that daily struggle. Even after getting rid of and like i guess you could say like finally like you know if you wanted like make an extra step and say it's at that point that frodo becomes a true christian and he like casts his like past self behind himself Mm -hmm. you know he's like oh i'm done with this the ring is physically gone he still has to deal with that temptation or not the temptation he still has to deal with that burden like you said it's still something that like weighs on him even as he like goes back to the shire and then oh and then more stuff in the silmarillion don't worry um, um, but no, as he goes back to the Shire, like wait, he up, doesn't do more. He just there, goes to the Grey Haven. Thank you. Okay, I was this one was like I was like wait, wait, wait. I was like that, oh. that's not in the Silmarillion, is it? Mm-hmm. I thought that was just at the end of the Lord of the Rings books. Is that in the Lord of the Rings? It's definitely at the end of the movies. <laughs> oh, huh. It goes more in depth than Silmarillion. Point is, um, <laughs> it tells you what the Grey Havens are. It does. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, point is. Um, yeah, point is, it's just like, like, he, he gets back to the Shire and he lives out the rest of his days, like, you know, in his home. He was never able to get back all of his spoons, but I think, I think that's what it was. I think it was his spoons. He was never able to get back all of his spoons. Um, but, you know, he gets all of his stuff back before it's auctioned away and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he just lives out the rest of his life, you know, telling crazy it's like stories. like the Brooksville and... Bagginses steal all this stuff. For yeah. No, wait, that's Bilbo. Is that Bilbo? Maybe it happens to both of them. I don't know. <laughs> oh. oh, well. Point is, um, he lives out the rest of his life, you know, in, in somewhat peace and, you know, like modern comforts and such. But he still he still struggles with all of that. And in all of that, it's still Samwise, like all of the time with him. Um, just forever home. That's my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> um <laughs> Why'd you make that noise? <laughs> you gotta hit him with a yo. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but no, um, but yeah. Anyway, that's all I want to say is like in all of that, like I guess I kind of left off on Sam's story, but like at that at that moment, like it's Sam who's mourning everything. Like it's Sam who's like, you know, I've 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 come all of this way with you. Don't fumble into temptation now. Don't stumble into mm-hmm. sin now. Um, and it ends up happening, you know, and, and the whole time, you know, Frodo or Frodo, Sam's like, I can't believe this is finally, I can't believe, you know, we've done all of this for nothing. Like you're just throwing it all away. And then Gollum comes in, everything is resolved, blah, 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 blah. They go back to the Shire and then Sam is able to just live his life with his forever homie. And, you know, that's, that's where the story leaves off. But it's just like Christ is, he falls into that same thing. We see Sam as this like, self-sacrificial ever faithful like friend he never questions his purpose even in the moment where like he leaves frodo and starts walking back to the shire like i said before he doesn't do it because he's like questioning what his purpose is he still knows his purpose he is a servant to to master frodo and that's why he starts walking back he you know he was given an order um but then he just realizes he's like i i have i'm a friend first he doesn't question his purpose. He just reevaluates himself. Um, he's just this, yeah, he's just this perfect picture of, of a friend and as, of Christ as a friend. Christ as our friend, I think that when we say that, a lot of the times we have this image of like, oh, he's like a chum, you know, mm-hmm. he's like a homie, but he's a different type of friend. He's not just like, 
yeah, like, yes, you know, I, I would imagine that we're going to be able to like share jokes with Christ or whatever. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like to get like get lunch with Jesus in heaven. I think that yeah. sounds pretty dope. I'll have an eternity to do it. Eventually, my turn in the line will have to come, and I get to spend a day with with God. It's uh, infinite time, not infinite people. So. Exactly. Like. <laughs> Like statistically, I'm going to get my desire. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> but no, uh, when it, when it comes down to it though, it's just like, he's a different type of friend, you know? Like, yes, there is a space for that, but like at the end of the day, he's our friend in the best way where it's like he is our friend because he is always there for us. He's, he's a companion. Um, and, and Sam is just a wonderful illustration of that. So yeah. Anyways, that is, uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. That's what I want to present to you. I hope you all had a fun time listening. Thank you for coming to class today. Uh, if you want to answer our icebreaker, if yeah. you want to talk to us about whatever we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, the here. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you had to stare at me like, what Gambit. did I talk uh, about? <laughs> no, I was just messing with you. But anyway, and, or if you have your own idea of whatever you want to do, talk to us about Make sure to contact us at ocvpod at gmail.com or ocvpod.com or uh, ocvpod on Facebook or Twitter. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Bye. Elias, Elias, you gotta say bye. Goodbye. Hugs and kisses. Bye.